Hi, welcome to this service from St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. My name is Stuart and I get to be the minister here. If you can hear a little cold in my voice, I've managed to catch Covid for the first time in two and a half years, so I'm off sick this week. However, Leslie, our student who's on a placement with us for this year, will be leading our worship today, so we're delighted that she is able to do that. Joining her will be Anne and Douglas Thompson. Douglas will read us our lesson for today and Anne will lead us in prayer later on. As we step into almost Advent, I'd urge you to pop over to our website at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk or our social pages on Facebook, especially to find out all about the things that we're doing over the Christmas and Advent period. So stick around to the end of the video, there'll be uh, some intimations there, some notices about what's happening, or pop over to our website to see what you can get involved in in the coming weeks and the lead up to Christmas. Reading from Luke chapter 23, verses 33 to 43. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others, let him save himself if he's God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine, vinegar, and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. It might seem a little strange to have the Gospel reading from Luke 23 today a reading which we'd normally associate with Easter. However, today is the last Sunday of the church year and it's known as Christ the King. So I'm actually not sure that there is a more fitting reading for this week than the one that we've heard this morning. Here we find ourselves at the foot of the cross, at the place of the skull, the place where criminals were crucified. Here, we find ourselves looking at Jesus on the cross. One of three, with a criminal on either side of him. Here, we see Jesus being punished by those who feared his rise in popularity and the favour that he found among the people. A punishment being inflicted due to fears and concerns over a possible loss of power and control by the ruling classes. An undeserved punishment. A punishment perfected by the Romans as a form of torture 
that was designed to produce a slow death with maximum pain and suffering. And yet Jesus, at a point where any number of expletives against his pursuers would have been understandable, utters these words. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. The love of Jesus never fails. Even on the cross, he prayed for his executioners, asking God to not hold this sin against them. Fulfilling the command to love your enemies, lest those who curse you do good for those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And in doing so, Jesus sets his enemies in the best possible light. It doesn't excuse their actions, but perhaps these words would have jarred with some of the guards, soldiers and the crowd around them. But it doesn't seem to, does it? I mean, the soldiers, well, they threw dice to see who would get Jesus's clothes and they mocked him. While the ruling classes were inciting the crowd, sneering and jeering at Jesus. He saved others. Let him save himself as he, if he is the God, is Messiah, the chosen one. And still, Jesus says nothing. He's not doing nothing. As not saving himself is the reason that others would be saved. Love kept Jesus on the cross, not nails. They even hung a notice above him, a written charge to his offences. This is the King of the Jews. A sign meant to mock, to demean. Noting the power of Rome, the power they had to humiliate and torture even the King of the Jews. A sign that they refused to alter. And to top it all off, one of the criminals also began to join in with the taunting. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. However, this time there was no need for Jesus to say anything, as the man on the other side of him responded to his fellow criminal. Don't you fear God since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. This man knew the reason for his punishment. He recognised the error of his ways. And he also recognised Jesus. And by noting that Jesus has done nothing wrong, we find a form of recognition, an understanding of who Jesus was and why the rulers of the law wanted him gone. He then also backs up his knowledge with the question to which he raises to Jesus. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He believed Jesus was who he said he was. He believed in the promise of everlasting life from Jesus. Could this have been the first person to believe in the intercession of Christ? Either way, it must have been a reassuring to hear Jesus' response especially as Jesus had not responded to any others 
who have been jeering him all along the way. Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Don't worry, life after death for you will be with me, no more torment. What a final conversation that must have been to witness. Possibly the only biblical example of a last minute salvation. This thief who placed his trust in Jesus at the last moment goes to the same heaven as everyone else does. Something which in retrospective may not seem quite fair. However, if we look at the bigger picture, it provides us with a view of salvation that is glory by the grace of God, not due to any form of human merit. These last few words offered by Jesus to the criminal must have been such a joy to hear. After all, he only asked to be remembered. Remembered when Jesus comes into his kingdom. And the response he received goes far beyond those expectations. Not only will you be with me, but we'll be in paradise. A future in paradise. I wonder why we use paradise in place of heaven here. Perhaps it's because paradise comes from the Persian word paradiosus, meaning garden or park, and it was used to describe the Garden of Eden from Genesis. And it then became a future bliss for God's people in the book of Isaiah. And here in our passage today from Luke, it represents the state of bliss which Jesus promised to the criminal directly after death. And it's a word that the Jewish people of the time, well, they would have been known and recognised from the scriptures. Here on the cross, Jesus shows what kind of king he is. And he reveals what we already know from the Gospels. His reign faces opposition and mockery, but is rooted in loving mercy and prayer. Jesus meets the contentious mockery with mercy, taunts with forgiveness, ignorance and insolence with fortitude, and humility with welcome. The kingdom of God for Jesus was a world where those on the bottom of society would find liberation from the systems and structures that bind them. In Jesus' kingdom, salvation is offered to all who seek it. The cross is the throne of the Christ who challenges all that earthly authority represents and which the resurrection vindicates. I wonder if we can use these words today heard from within Luke's gospel and if we can take them with a renewed understanding of how we might live as someone who follows this God of mercy and justice in all situations that arise and everything that we might face in the week to come. While
eternal anthem drowns all music but its own. Awake, my soul, and sing of Him who died to be your Savior and your matchless King through all eternity. God of all hope, we come this day carrying with us the pains, burdens, joys and triumphs of the week gone by, as well as the worries and hopes for the week that is before us. We come, therefore, with prayers for others and ourselves, in a world 
where injustice is the daily experience of so many, we pray for hope. We pray that your kingdom will be an example for all those whoever and wherever they are, who are tasked with governance. Guide all people towards truth and justice, whatever the personal cost may be, in the knowledge that it is what you call us to do, for your glory and the benefit of all your people. In a time when our communities struggle with rising costs and even more social isolation, we pray for unity, for all to recognise the unique and wonderful people who surround them and that we may all accept and rejoice in a variety of your wondrous creation that is called to work together for the good of all. As our churches continue to search for their place in a changed and changing society, we pray for the wisdom to follow your teaching, to hear your Son, to lean on your Holy Spirit for guidance and the reassurance that yours is a message that must be shared and one that the world is so in need of. In this week, we come with our own problems and worries, our own joys and desires, and we come in prayerful hope that your kingdom will be ever nearer to our lives, that you will help us and support us in our attempts to live as you have told us this day and all days. As we continue to pray in the words that you have taught us, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. The blessing of God, God known to us as Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us this day and forevermore. The Food Bank meets every Sunday at St Irene's Church from 1pm until 2.30pm. Your donations, as always, are very gratefully received. The Coffee Morning continues to meet from 10am until 11.30 each Tuesday in St Irene's Church Hall. And our Advent Bible Study will begin on Thursday the 1st of December and every Thursday thereafter in December from 7.30 and that's going to be on Zoom. The meeting ID and passcode are on your screen now or are available on the website. Our Christmas event starts soon and our first one is Santa's Grotto and Free Family Fun Day. That's on the 3rd of December. That's going to be from 10am until 2pm. You can come and see Santa and get involved in some absolutely brilliant Christmas activities for absolutely nothing. That's entirely free. Our 
Boys Brigade Company are hosting a carol service on Wednesday the 7th of December at 7pm in the church. That's the 7th of December at 7pm in the church and everyone's welcome to come and join in with that. On the afternoon of the 11th of December at 3.30pm we have our Light in the Darkness service. That's a service of remembering for those who find Christmas a difficult time because of loss and bereavement. Please let your friends know. Speak to folk that you think might benefit from this service, from coming along and being able to spend a bit of time in the quiet, giving thanks and remembering. Our friends Anka and Quentin will be hosting a candlelit concert on the 11th of December. That's in the evening at 7.30pm. Tickets for that are £10 and are available from folk at the church and that will include some refreshments. Our Christian Aid concert is back on the 18th of December, groups from around the village will entertain us and we'll all get to sing some Christmas carols together. Santa might even pay us a visit and that's from 6.30pm on Sunday the 18th of December, raising funds for the fantastic charity that is Christian Aid. And our Santa's bedtime story is back on the 23rd of December at half past six, Santa's going to pop in. He's very busy, but he's going to spare us some time. He's going to come and tell the little ones a story. There'll also be some cookies and hot chocolate and stuff like that after the story in the hall. And of course, our watch night and family Christmas Eve services will be on the 24th of December.